Well, hello and good day, fantastic human being. I hope that wherever you are, you're doing magnificent. A privilege and honor to be with you as always. We have a fantastic episode of the podcast today. We have Lucia Giovannini on, and we are talking about how to transform into a whole new life, overcome fear, and build your beliefs. This is a fantastic episode. We cover a lot of information. She is an expert in the field, has a very fascinating story, and there's tons of really practical takeaways in this one. So we talk about transforming from outer beauty to inner beauty, beauty, the first step to change, why we transform through suffering, um, questioning what did your soul come to accomplish, why the knowing is in your heart, how we can overcome fear, uh, what is the risk of not taking action versus what is the risk of taking action, the two creation process building belief systems the two zones are four powers um so much more so this is a again a a packed episode i know that you're going to enjoy it if you like it please take a screenshot share it on the instagram tag me at matt belair tell your friends about it at the water cooler leave a review on itunes all of that is super helpful um if you want to toss a buck in the bucket on patreon that also helps you can go to patreon.com forward slash matt belair and i want to thank the man brandon Dahlberg. He is amazing. He is a client of mine. He is a Red Bull DJ finalist. Check him out on Instagram, Dalai Lama. Um, I can never get his handle, so you're going to just have to look up DJ Brandon Dahlberg. It'll be easier, but he's a fantastic human being. Thank you so much for your support, brother. It's such a privilege to be working with you, and I know you're going to make an amazing impact in the world, and it's uh, an honor to be supported by such a young talent. Somebody's going to do a lot of good in the world. So um, privilege, brother. Thank you. Um, so yeah, what else? Um, for those of you guys who want coaching, I guess that's a good segue. Um, if you want to explore what we talk about on the podcast, peak performance, self-development, mindset, consciousness, getting into your life purpose, uncovering your life purpose, your soul path, whatever you want to call it, or peak performance or anything in between, hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com or fill out the coaching form, mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. And if you are with a group, you have employees or an organization, you want speaking, training, anything of the sort, same thing, matt at zenathlete.com and I will happily help you out. I want to thank this episode's sponsor, Procabulary by Mark England. You can check him out, procabulary.org. It is a fantastic personal development course. Um, It is so imperative that you learn about the art of language. Language is so key, internal dialogue and external dialogue, what you say, what you hear. And this is absolutely a master course. I have done so many personal development courses and Mark England was actually episode 95. I've been saying 96. He was episode 95. We stayed in touch. Um, this, This course is basically impacted a lot of different people. He's brought it to organizations and it's just so succinct, so clear and so powerful. I 100% advocate and promote this uh, course and stoked to have him um, supporting the podcast too. So check them out, procabulary.org. And if you use the code word magic, you're going to save a hundred bucks. So absolutely a masterclass in language that uh, you're going to get a ton of value from. So I think that's it. Uh, go to mattbelair.com, sign up for the email list. If you want a free lucid dreaming, go forward slash lucid dreaming to get a free ebook and guided meditation to teach you how to lucid dream quickly and easily. Oh, but the most important thing you can do to support the show is one kind act today. Better yet, do three kind acts. And even better than that, take the kindness challenge. Uh, 
Get your friends to take the kindness challenge. Let's make kindness go viral. Three kind acts a day for a week. You'll probably get a universal wink saying, hey, that's how you do it here. Um, I know you're confused. You're growing. You're building just like everybody else. But if you can be kind along the way, you're really, I think, in harmony with nature, the environment, spirit, and all the goodness of the universe. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. Let's get into it. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. And now just let it out slowly, filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, energy, and ready to take on this incredible episode with Lucia Giovannini. Hello and welcome to the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a former Italian supermodel turned best-selling author, spiritual teacher, transformational coach, environmental and animal activist, and author of 13 books. Her best-selling book, A Whole New Life, was published in Italian and is now translated into eight languages and has sold thousands of copies around the world. Growing up in Africa, she often caused her parents' hearts to skip a beat when she befriended the wildlife from lizards to crocodiles. Till this day, she remains a passionate animal rights activist. She is a master firewalker, trainer, an NLP and neurosemantics trainer, and a recognized international life coach. Welcome to the show, Lucia Giovannini. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. And it's such an honor to be here. Such a pleasure and an honor. Um, yeah, I'm, I looked at your work. You know, you're doing incredible things. Can you pronounce your name? Because it sounds so much better when you say it. I did my best. I was like, I think I'm close. I'm in the neighborhood. You are super good in pronouncing my name, actually. It's Lucia Giovannini. <laughs> That's the um, Italian pronunciation. Okay, good. Yeah, it's a, when you, whenever you say it, it sounds a lot better. Um, but you're in Italy. You said you spend your time in Italy and also Bali and Thailand. You're doing a yeah. lot of workshops. You're, um, you're doing a lot of great work. So why don't you just start with a little bit of a background about who you are, what you're doing, how you got into what you're doing today? Yeah, so uh, it's um, around... 25 years I've been doing this work. So uh, what I do is, apart from writing books, uh, is I lead uh, retreats and workshops uh, for people and also for companies. Um, and all my work uh, is around change, transformational change, um, <clears throat> which, which means a change for the better, basically. Um, we could also call it healing in, in another, I mean, if we want to, to use another word, uh, where, where we change is uh, something better, deeper, a better version of, the, of ourselves, more aligned to our souls than where we started from. And, uh, <clears throat> and um, I'm very passionate, of course, about this. And um, and of course, um, a whole new life, which is the base of my method, encapsules uh, all the, 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 the teachings. Um, and of course, also the other books, except that they are just in Italian, Italian and some other languages, but not English yet. Um, and so um, what I do, I try to empower people to create a better life for themselves and also for all the sentient beings, for, for all the other beings that share this planet with us, meaning animals, nature. Um, and I think that there's so much suffering in this planet at all levels. I mean, 
uh, human beings, but also other forms of life. Uh, and so unnecessary suffering. Because of course, some challenges in life, I mean, it's normal, it's part of life, but a lot of suffering is totally self-induced or induced by you know, human beings to nature, to animals, and it's totally unnecessary. And so my hope is you know, to play my part, to, to give my contribution to hopefully end this suffering or at least diminish this suffering and, uh, and really live in a, in, a, in a whole new world in this sense. And so I've not, I've not been doing this work forever because I started out, <coughs> out as a model, <laughs> so a totally different domain. Uh, and, um, and I did that for, for quite a long time. And, um, and of course, up to a moment where, where I felt it was not my, my path anymore. Uh, it was all about, you know, external beauty. And, and I discovered I'm more interested in inner beauty. So that's where I made my big shift, which was not easy at that time, of course. I let go of everything, you know, my, my career. Uh, I had established two companies in the fashion industry, thinking that that would be my future. Um, a school for, model, for models, an agency for models. And so, <clears throat> you know, I thought, okay, this will be my future when I will stop modeling. And instead, in the middle of, of, of all that, I found out, no, this is not my path. And, and it was difficult because, you know, letting go of everything, letting go of financial security, letting go of a career, it's not easy. Especially in a moment, I mean, I'm talking about 25 years ago, where in Italy, nobody, nobody knew what coaching was. When I, because I've also have a, have a background in psychology and, and, and counseling, but my real, real, um, the core of my work is more on coaching. And so <clears throat> people ask me, my colleagues in the fashion world, other models, uh, photographers and fashion stylists would ask me, okay, you are leaving, I guess it. You, you, you are fed up with this world, but what do you want to do? What are you going to do? And I used to say, I want to be a coach. I want to, to help people with coaching. And they said, oh, you're going to work in a gym? So, because that was their idea of coaching, you know, sports coaching. And there was no, no concept for that at that time. So I really invented it in Italy, this, this concept. That's amazing. Well, I can imagine how challenging that shift would be. And I love the, the words you use where, you know, you change your focus from outer beauty to inner beauty. You know, there's nothing wrong with outer beauty and wow. and and shape and, and uh, taking care of your body and looking beautiful and all that stuff. Um, and there is not as much emphasis in our culture on inner beauty, on, uh, as you said before, more compassion, more kindness. And when we were speaking before the show, you were talking a little bit about um, the importance of changing your world first. And that's, we look out in the world and we see a lot of suffering and um, a lot of things that can be improved. And but we have to start with our own world, with transforming our own world. So I'd love to dive into um, your book, A Whole New Life. And I, and I like how you phrased it. It's like transforming your life to something you prefer. So where does somebody start there? I think the most common one that I see is like people are just, they're in a job or they're in a situation where they're getting by. And, or sometimes I have no idea what they're like, Matt, I don't know what my passion is. I don't even know where to start. So um, how do you take people from, 
not knowing where they would like to go. They have no idea. They just know they're unhappy in towards moving towards what they're, they're passionate about and transforming their life. Yeah. So the first step, as you, as you said, is, is becoming aware, is awareness. That's the first step, the first door, the first access of change. Because if we are not aware that we need to change something, if we do, are not aware of the call of our soul, of course, I mean, there's no way we can change. There's no way we can, I mean, know where we want to go. Um, and so how do we listen to the call of awareness? Well, most, most people um, get to awareness through suffering, actually. You know, they, they, uh, they are, I don't know, they lose someone or uh, their relationship uh, ends or they lose their financial security or, or any kind, you know, of loss, of wound in some ways. And, um, and so that kind of, of suffering, actually, it's a, what I call an initiatory you know, the, the initiation of, of change. Because sometimes when we are not aware that, you know, we need to shift our life to make a transformation in our life, when we stay in our comfort zone for too long, because in a way it's easier, then sometimes, oftentimes actually, it's life that, you know, pushes us to change, forces us to change. And it's a little bit like, uh, you know, uh, I like to use this, this image in my mind um, and in my workshops, it's like um, if you have a plant in a vase, uh, when the plant goes, um, grows, then the, the, the roots grow as well. And at a certain moment, you need to change the vase because otherwise the, the, the plant cannot grow anymore. And, and it could also die because the roots get no more nourishment. And so uh, what, what happens normally, you just change it. You, you, you take away the, the old vase and then you put the, the, the plant into your plant to, to, into another vase, a new, bigger vase. And so sometimes uh, life uh, needs to, to put ourselves into a new vase, <laughs> into a bigger vase. And so, uh, and in doing this, in this process, it takes away our old vases. Our old vase may be, again, a relationship, uh, anything, you know, any comfort zone that we have. Um, and so that kind of suffering in reality is not true. I mean, of course, it's difficult, but it's an initiatory suffering. It, it's a call that we need to listen, that we need to learn to listen, um, because it gives us the, the, the chance to, to start our journey. Um, and, and so uh, for many people, awareness comes through this. And for other people, of course, uh, awareness comes just through, you know, um, focusing our mind internally instead of always uh, keeping our attention outward, uh, just taking some time to, to bring it inward and, and ask ourselves, okay, where I am now? Uh, what do I need? Uh, where I want to go? Um, if, I, if I can imagine my life uh, one year from now, three years from now, five years from now, where do I want to be? And not just where do, what do I want to have, but which kind of people, of person, sorry, which kind of person do I want to be? So those are the kind of uh, coaching questions that elicit, that brings out awareness. Um, so they act, either we choose to, to walk the awareness path or sometimes life 
pushes us, you know, some, somehow uh, to the awareness bus. And this, and this is the, the first step. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I love your example of the, the vase analogy because I would, I would share one um, in the past where I would liken it to like a rubber band with two fixed points. And if you're on your path, if you're in your alignment, it's, you're not going to have a lot of res- resistance. You're going to feel good. But if you're waking up and you're really anxious and you're really depressed and you're just hating everything, it's like stretching the band to the outside to try a different path. And eventually the universe, just to kind of help you, will explode that band. It'll break and reset you. Now you are kind of starting from the beginning and you have now time to just reconsider everything. What is it like you do? What is it that you want to do? Where do you want to go? And in your book, you talk about the axes of change. Is that one of the axes of change or can you do that before the suffering? And I agree. A lot of people, they, they like the suffering route, unfortunately. You end up learning something, but it's not comfortable. Exactly. I mean, why wait for the suffering, you know? And sometimes, as you said, we end up suffering because we are, you know, not aware in that moment. Okay. But if we know that awareness is the first step, then why not just follow the path of awareness awareness a little bit more often, you know? Uh, in, in the several, in the various areas of our life, our relationships, our work, our health, um, everything, so this is really the first, the first step. And then, of course, when we are aware, okay, this is what I need to change. This is where I need to go. And, and of course, as you said, for maybe the, even if we are aware that we need to change, maybe the difficult step, the, the most difficult step is to know, okay, I, I know I need to change. I'm aware of that. But where do I want to go? You know, uh, where, which, let's say, for example, I need to change, someone says uh, that he or she needs to change their job. Okay, but which is my, my dream job? Which is the, the job that my soul uh, came to this planet Earth to, you know, to, to, to accomplish? Um, and so um, I think that actually the answer is much easier than most people think because the answer is in our heart. So, uh, and it has to do with what we love most, uh, what we used to dream of when we were children, for example, uh, what we are most passionate about, what makes our heart beat, uh, our eyes go brighter, um, where our talents are most, where we are most in a, in a, in, in a flow uh, state. So, uh, if we really think about you know, those moments uh, or those questions. And we take some time to, to, to really feel those questions and answers to those questions. Then we have a pretty good idea of where we want to go. Um, another example that I love to make is if you were, you, imagine you win a, a fantastic holiday on an island. Uh, seven-star hotel, hotel that, that island has everything. Mountain, um, fantastic ocean, ev- everything you love, okay? And you can bring with you the people you love. And the only thing is that you have to stay there for a whole year, but you get even paid to be there. So no problem. But on one condition, you have to read at least 100 books, but only on one subject. What would that subject be? <laughs> Because, of course, if you need to read 100 books, is that you will be spending a lot of time reading on, on one year. So 
only one subject. What is the subject that most gets you passionate about? So, you know, already answering those kind of questions, I think uh, people can get an idea. And then, of course, what I also found out is that most people say, ah, I don't know what I really want. But in reality, deep down in their heart, they know. They are just scared. They just think it's too much, it's too far, it's a, it's a, it's a step, it's a too big of a step, you know. Uh, it's an unreachable goal. Uh, I will never make it. And so they block the, the dream. But in their heart, they know. At least that's my experience. I don't know if, if it has been your experience as well. Yeah, well, that all re resonates with me for sure. And I 100% agree that, it, that it's in your heart. And I found that people, the fear is what holds them back. And, and a few years ago, I was trying to help a friend of mine who is super analytical. He's always in his head, you know, business-minded, analytical. And I knew that asking him questions wasn't going to work. So I did a hypnosis with him. Um, and you have an NLP background, which is essentially guided meditation. And when I hypnotized him into his heart, I was like, I'm asking your heart questions. You, brain, take a back seat. And then when I was done, I realized that, oh, I did like, that's a very powerful process because it's coming at it from a different angle, you know, and your thought experiment is so powerful. Those are the thought experience, experiments we need. And I'll use that one. You know, some of them that I've used in the past was, um, you know, if you, these are pretty common ones you can research, but if you couldn't fail, what would you do? Uh, what are you most excited about? The passion test is a great, is a great one as well. And, um, and it has to start, Alan Watts puts it great where he goes, you know, when people would come up to Alan Watts and ask him, what's my purpose? I don't know. And he would say, well, what if money were no object? Exactly. What would you be doing? Go and do that thing first and then sort out the money. But we got bills to pay. We got kids. We got baseball. We got bills. So when we move there, um, how did, and you must, you went through this process yourself. You're not a regular model. You were a supermodel. That's, that's, that's this, that's the best kind of model. And then you've got all the things, you've got all the objects, you've got money. And then you're like, I'm going to go do something else where I might not have this money, you know? And then how am I, how am I going to go do it? Um, so when someone has got responsibilities and, and they're starting to know what's your suggestion for overcoming that fear for being able to see the map because it's the conscious mind is looking for threats right and so yeah. if we can't get a paycheck then now yeah. our life is threatened because we can't go buy groceries right yeah. and so we're really resistant to making that step so what do you suggest for overcoming fear and, and moving past that well, a few things. To, uh, I will start with, again, another coaching question because the question we have in mind, normally in that case, uh, is how am I going to pay my bills? You know, um, uh, how, what am I going to, to lose? What am, what am I going to risk? And I, it was actually the same questions that I was asking to myself, you know. Will I be able to make it? What, I'm, what am I risking here? I'm risking a career because I mean, I can't go back, you know, in, in a career when you are on top, it's difficult. If you are out of the market for a while, it's difficult to go back. So, uh, and, and in a company even more, I actually gave away my companies without even asking for a penny, which was quite stupid of me, but it's okay. <laughs> I just wanted to you know, be free. <laughs> I mean... But yeah, and one company was together with my ex-husband who was 
you know, I was also getting divorced together with, with all that. So I, I felt so guilty and he was a, an ex-model as well. So I, I was so guilty that I said, you keep everything, you just I don't want to have anything to have to do with, with this world anymore. I want to be free to do my thing. So, I mean, it was not very smart, but okay. <laughs> and, and, so, and so the question I remember I used to ask myself is, what am I risking here? What are the risks in, the, in, this, you know, um, in this transition, in this change? And of course, I didn't have children. So it was in a way a little bit easier because I said, okay, the worst thing, because the other thing is, what is the worst thing that, worst thing that can happen? The worst thing that, I, that can happen is, I don't know, I will take a sleeping bag and sleep under a bridge. <laughs> I don't have any money. I won't die anyway, so I will find something. So, but, you know, all these kind of questions uh, that are, come natural, but they focus, they, they keep our, our focus on what's the risk. But there is another very, very important question that we never ask ourselves. And that question was actually what helped me to make the transition, to, to take the decision. And it is, what are the risks in staying in this situation? What am I risking in, if I don't let go of this situation, if I don't jump, if I don't make the transition? And to me, it was, I'm going to stay in a marriage where, uh, yeah, everything on the outside is perfect, but I internally, I'm unhappy. Um, even if he was a good guy, fantastic, but, but we were not on the same page. We were not, you know, I was meditating, meditating he was watching TV, you know, diff totally different level. Um, I'm going to risk uh, being in a job that I don't feel passionate about anymore. So my passion, meaning my energy, will slowly, slowly go down and down and down and down until I depress my energy, which means becoming depressed. So, so this is what I'm going to risk. If I see myself in this situation, in this job, in this marriage for 10 years, 20 years, what am I going, going what am I risking here? And so the, what am I, what is the cost, you know? What is the cost of leaving, but also what is the cost of staying? So this question is what actually uh, propelled me, pushed me to jump. And, and, and this of course is part of the decision acts, the, the decision phase. Because when we decide, we, uh, in, the, the word the decide comes from Latin and it's decidere in Latin which means recite, cut, you know, cut the old. And so we need a strong push, a strong motivation, which is the other phase between the awareness and the decision. So we need a strong motivation to get to the decision. Uh, and, and I found in my personal experience that this question was really a big motivator for me. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah, a lot of people don't talk about that. What is the cost of staying? You know, what, what will it cost you to stay where you are? And on the flip side of that one, I like to just invite people to consider, you know, how powerful you are. You, you said, what is the worst thing that can happen? And I've literally done this thought experiment many times where I'm like, all right, do I keep going down this road? What's the worst that could happen? I was like, well, I might be homeless, but my parents will probably let me live in their house. I was like, it's not ideal to do at 30 years old, but... I feel like I'm contributing. It feels like it's aligned. And I know if I keep trying and adjusting and moving towards it, it's got to work out eventually. It might not, 
But for me to just go take the safe route doesn't feel, um, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like I'm being honest with myself and it, and it, and, um, I think we sell ourselves short with what we're capable of. You know, it's all like a personal test is like realize how amazing you are, what you're connected to and the power you have. But every single person that I've ever met that is living a life that I feel is, um, powerful and aligned, not, not envious, but I'm like, that's good. They've got it together. They had to make the step in their own way. They had to kind of overcome that obstacle, that fear, that transition, no matter what it was that they had to let go of, they had to do it in their own way. I don't, I haven't seen anybody who didn't really get that, that test. And, and when you move in that way, that's when you get a sense and an understanding for real of how spirit works. Cause you watch things happen and you see yourself taken care of. And even when things go bad and people get through that and they're able to move through it, they end up catching the lesson a little bit later. So I think that's a really important thing to understand is like, what do you, what's the risk of staying? What's the cost of staying? And so if we are out in the world and we're thinking about what we're passionate about, what really lights us up, what would we um, read a hundred books in a year about? What would we do if we couldn't fail? And we're and we're starting to map it out. I think that over time it gets refined. What are some of those tools for motivation and transformation? In your book, you have a whole chapter on it, tools for transformation. Um, so what are the best tools that you found to begin to execute on refining this vision, creating the vision? And I think that's a big part of it too. When you're clear, you know, you know, like when I work with a extreme sports athlete, it's just like, it's a trick or a competition. So it's so finite. When I'm working with entrepreneurs or people who are like, I don't know what my life vision is. It's defining that life vision, which actually isn't that hard either. Like you said, it's not that hard. We're just not taught the right questions and the right tools and inquiry. But once it's formulated, whether it's one basic trick or a business or a direction, then you can apply the other tools to begin making progress on, on getting there. So I'd love to hear what some of yours are. Yeah. So as you said, uh, after the, the decision phase, we have the creation phase because that, that, that's important. So and the creation has two parts in it. So the, the internal creation, meaning uh, adjusting, uh, renewing our belief system. Because, of course, uh, this, is, this is the most important thing, you know, because otherwise we may be doing a lot of actions, but at the same time creating a lot of resistance. Because maybe we think we do not deserve to be successful. Who am I to? I'm not intelligent enough. Blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Um, just to give you an idea. And, and this is so incredible because it comes up in different layers. Just to give you an idea about myself, okay? So, of course, my mother tongue is Italian. But at the same time, I've been speaking English since I was like, a kid because I lived in Africa when I was a kid so kind of strange accent English but still English and so um, I mean I normally have no problem speaking English even if sometimes you know I miss some words I misspeak some words but when my book A Whole New Life came out you know it, and it has it has gone out in, in many different countries countries in Croatian, in Bulgarian, uh, in German, in French, in Spanish, in many other languages. And, and I've been traveling, you know, to Bulgaria, to other countries to give conferences and workshops. And that's okay. But when it came out in the US, I started having this, oh, my English is not good enough. <laughs> you know, after 25 years, <laughs> even 30 years of work on myself. Okay. 
So a, a few months ago, I started having this, my English is not good enough. Will people understand me? Will I be able to express what I, what I want to express in order to help people with my English? And it was a nightmare, you know, for a while. So if we don't work on that kind of conditioning beliefs that still come up after years of, you know, work on ourselves, because I think they, they work as, as, a, as an onion layer. You peel one layer and then there's another layer and then there's another layer. So, of course, the next step, even before getting to, to other tools for transformation, or actually this is also a tool for transformation, is really keep on working uh, and updating our belief system so that our belief system can support our dream and not uh, uh, go against our dream and create fraction and tension and resistance. And, and, and that's paramount. So this is, yeah, a big part. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a huge part that people don't um, speak about directly a lot. Yeah, I think you, I learned it from NLP in part. So I know that you do neuro-linguistic programming. And so that's a massive, massive part that the, the beliefs need to match what your goals are, what your vision is. So for sport, it brings all these tools to very finite level. If I'm coaching someone to snowboard and they're going to do a backflip and they do not believe it is at least possible, and I get them to the belief that it's likely, don't try it until you believe it is very likely you're going to land it then they'll go try. A lot of people get hurt. They, they don't have that belief. And so in the world, it works the exact same way. And the great part is you can look at what the beliefs are and learn how to install them, but we're not taught how to install them. We think that we're stuck with these belief systems, but you can constantly upgrade them. You just have to get clear on where you're going. And then w one of the things that I like to do is like, okay, you want to start a business in wellness. Who's somebody who's crushing it? Give me five people, you know, Richard Branson, Tony Robbins. I don't know who the case is, right? What do they believe about business? What do they believe about putting the work out there? What do they believe about themselves? What do they believe about this? And you, you make it really big and you can add them all in. Now you have the structure then you use a simple hypnosis or affirmations or visualization or techniques like that to install it. So that way you're moving toward your goals and you're not self-sabotaging. And this is the reason why so many pro athletes and people who make a lot of money, they end up losing it all because they, they keep that same level of consciousness as poverty consciousness or, or whatever the case is. They don't, they don't upgrade their way of being and their view of the world with their new circumstances. So what are some things that you like to do? There's so many questions I want to ask you, but what are some things that um, you like to do to help them install those beliefs? And, and there's a couple of chapters in there I definitely want you to talk about, which is um, building, you know, building the vision, I think is super important. And this yeah. might come in as well as like the frames of mind. Cause yeah. I can say for me personally, sometimes I'm, I'm frustrated, you know, and I'm like, I'll do the work and, and, and I'm like, all right, I'm doing all this work, but then I'm still getting this result or I'm getting upset over here. So it's not perfect, but how do you go about the frames of mind and yeah. um, building yeah. the vision? Yeah. So let's start with the frames of mind, because as you said, we need to upgrade our belief system to the level of our goals. Uh, otherwise, result is we go backward. Result is resistance. Result is a lot of effort with, with very few results. Uh, just to give you an idea, when I start, when I made this transition and I started, finally, I started giving workshops. And at that time, I used to do also a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. 
Um, but still inside, there was this thing like, oh, I feel guilty. I feel guilty. I had it all, you know. Uh, and and, and of, I also had this belief, and I don't know if this is a very Italian cultural thing, like you need to, in a way, you need to suffer. <laughs> you need to, yeah, earning money does not come easy. We have a saying that says money does not grow on trees. So meaning you can't uh, expect to do what you love and earn money from that and uh, just, just like that. No, you need to do something you don't like, work hard, and then you can you know, uh, sweat your way to earning money. And so I don't know if it's just Italian or you have it also <laughs> in the States, I mean. Oh yeah, it's, it's common. I've heard that one before for sure. Yeah. So since I had those beliefs, um, yes, I had clients, I started earning money, but for one reason or another, I would end up spending, spending all the money that I, had that I had earned in one month, it would go away some ways. Uh, one time they stole my car, one time I put gasoline instead of uh, diesel in, a, in, a, in the tank in my car, so I had you know, to, to have it all uh, cleaned and it cost a lot of money. Another time they stole my suitcase full of clothes, good designer clothing in, uh, in the train, et cetera, et cetera. So it was incredible, but every month for a few months, this would happen and it was the exact amount of money. So interesting, okay? At that point, it was when I realized, okay, I need to, to shift, you know, my internal um, beliefs. And so frames of mind, uh, frames of mind are what keeps our beliefs in place. Uh, because of course you may have a thought, uh, but it doesn't necessarily become a belief un un unless you say yes to the thought. I may think uh, my English is not good enough. Okay. But if I think it just once, it's okay. I mean, it's a thought. How many thoughts do I have? But if I start saying, mm, you see, I stumbled on that word. So it's true that my English is not good enough. Mm, maybe uh, that word I mispronounced. So yes, it's true that my English is not good enough. So I start framing that thought and uh, keeping it uh, in my mind and making it bigger and bigger and bigger and, and making a neuronal pathway, that neuronal pathway stronger and stronger. And so, of course, what I need to do is I need to, to change that, that frame of mind. And so how to change frames of mind? Of course, affirmations is, is hypnosis. Affirmations with hypnosis is very good. Um, I also, something that I also always add is um, I uh, ask people to find evidence in their life of the new frame of mind, of the new belief. Like in my case, if I take my English is not good enough, that becomes my English is good enough, <laughs> at least to be understood. Then I would start, you know, looking in my world, in my day, when did I, when was I speaking English? In which kind of conversations? Okay, did the other person understand? Yes, so my English is good enough. Was I able to express myself? Yes, so my English is good enough. You know, to start noticing uh, all the occasions in my life where the new belief uh, is true or has been true. 100% true or at least 10% true, but still, you know, true. This is what I call uh, um, watering your seeds. 
because affirmations or new beliefs are like seeds that we plant in our unconscious mind. Um, of course, hypnosis helps. So, of course, uh, it, it, it uh, unlocks uh, your, your if, if the mind is locked like this, uh, hypnosis helps, you know, to, to, um, to make it a little, to soften it a little bit so that you, you can plant the seed better. And then starting uh, noticing the, the, all the, the uh, evidence of that new belief is really that really is something that really creates a new frame of mind, positive frame of mind or useful frame of mind around a new belief. Yeah, 100%. Those are really, really fantastic tools. And again, I really love your example of all of that, the hypnosis to kind of loosen it up a bit and to seek evidence. And the first part is to identify the new belief, but because of our neural programming and our, and our, I think in NLP called neural nets or whatever, however, like the neurons are connected. So that's like a big neural net of my English isn't good enough, possibly, whatever the case is. So once you understand that you want to install the new belief is my English is good enough, it's improving, people understand me perfectly, and you identify it really clearly, you need to start to seek out the evidence because the old belief system is bigger and it's more powerful and there's more triggers back there to find reasons why it's not good. That's kind of like the automatic setting. It's just trying to compound that belief rather than help you switch to a new one. So that's where your, this is conscious programming for you to look at that new evidence for why it's enough, even if it's a little bit and write it down and embellish it and visualize it and, and look for it. And that's, that's the way you do it. So it's really, really fantastic. Yeah, actually, I, I would also advise people to every day, maybe at night before falling asleep, keep a little diary where they write at least five times during the day where the new belief was true, even 10%, okay? even 1%. Because at the beginning, it may be even one, but maybe uh, my whole conversation was not so good in English, was not so perfect, but a sentence was clear, was, was came out well. Okay, that's the beginning, you know, and, and, and I can improve. But normally, what I found is that, you know, we judge ourselves much worse than what we actually are. We judge our capacities as much lower than what, we, we actually have so um, normally it's not one percent of, of or ten percent or ten percent normally it's it's more times it's more often that we find evidence so with the task of you know doing it at least spotting five times during the day even better ten times during the day and and uh, and writing it down yeah, 100%. I think there's a massive power to writing it down for installing the new psychology or the new beliefs or the new programming, however you want to say it. It's adding focus, but it's also getting it out of your mind so you can know how clear you are. And you're, again, focusing, you're giving attention, energy and focus to what it is that you prefer. And the more attention, energy and focus you give to it, the better result you're going to get. And you can pretty much sum up the law of attraction uh, as that concept. The, the more you focus on that certain thing, the more of that result, that experience you're going to get. And so you can take control of that through your conscious mind. And part of that is what you said at the beginning is the awareness, awareness of where you are, awareness of your thoughts, awareness of how you feel, awareness of, um, you know, your surroundings with who you're spending your time with, with what you're eating, with how you physically feel, just general awareness. And so the more you can bring that into it, then you can start to change and improve the things 
that are causing you suffering and discomfort and things like that. So incredibly practical advice. Yeah, definitely. And then you put together the law of attraction with the law of action, which are the two, the two laws that, that get together, I mean, very well that we need to use. And so, you know, also starting doing intentional actions, like how would a person who speak a good English, what would a person who has a, has a perfect English or, or um, native English would, would do, would say, you know, uh, would a person who's a native English speaker have problems in, I don't know, doing an interview in English? No, he wouldn't. So I, I do it, you know, little things like that. Uh, little or big things like that and so start in a way also um, doing what scares us because until and I and I'm sure that in sports I mean it's something similar because when when we do when we get over the limit maybe not too much because otherwise we risk you know of going into a big stress but science says normally four pence four percent of the 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 um, the challenge, 4% challenge has to be, I mean, the challenge has to be 4% biggest than the capacities or highest than the capacities. And so challenge ourselves a little bit and actually do actions uh, that, you know, we are, uh, that are really uh, embodying, that are really representing the new belief system. And, uh, and when we find that, okay, I was able to do it, then it's a new layer, a new frame, a new stronger frame, a, 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 a new neuronal pathway. Yeah, 100%. That's a really great point. And because of sport, I, I understand it very well. And I think it's challenging to do in life, you know, but, but take that risk and, and push yourself. Because in sport and snowboarding and skateboarding, there's always another trick. There's always another thing that you can do. And you're constantly pushing your progression in a way. And, and it's, it's this thing because you have a physical consequence if you're not ready but it's but in life i think that we we get set in not pushing that bound we get set in just what is secure what is safe and then we double down on what's safe and we stay there because um you know it's risky and by but but just pushing a little bit just taking a new action it could be even something random but taking little actions that scare you that push you a little bit it's gonna give you more courage is more inspiration and more knowing that you can push yourself in bigger ways and and like a little bit more and 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 break out of your shell so there's another thing in your book that i kind of want to ask you about but is this applied to the two zones that you speak about in your book? The two zones, uh, are in a way, yes, because the two zones are our power zone, meaning what's in our power, which basically is our thoughts, our emotions, or, or at least managing our emotions, our words, the words we speak, uh, how we decide to speak or not to speak, what we decide to do, and our actions. And of course, there's a zone which is not in our power, like how people feel, for example, what people do, even if it's our partner, even if it's our kid, even if it's, you know, uh, we are not responsible for, I mean, we are responsible uh, for the engagements we have with them, yes, if, if, you know, for the vows we have with them, yes, but we're not responsible for their happiness for their emotions or for their decisions. Um, and so the idea is um, we are totally responsible of our power zone and within 
that, we can definitely uh, go beyond our discomfort zone because I, I actually tend to call the comfort zone discomfort zone because it actually is a prison. So it diminishes our capacities, our talents. And so we feel safe, but in actuality, we are not safe uh, there because magic happens outside our comfort zone. Transformation happens outside. So within our four powers, thought, uh, emotions, actions and words we can decide for our life basically that's amazing i love that i've never heard it phrased that way before our four powers <laughs> yeah. yeah it's four powers that nobody can take us uh, away from us unless we let them i mean nobody can make us feel inferior unless we let them make us inferior uh, nobody can diminish us unless we, we, we take it that way, you know. They can say anything, of course, but in the end, it's how the, the meaning we give to those words that uh, interfere with our emotions, with, with our decisions, with our life. Yeah, 100%. That's really fantastic information i don't know if it's like it's like a tool and philosophy mixed in one um and the practice is to embody it and and it's true it's a very true statement it's just we are not normally programmed like that we're kind of like programmed the eyes like go down the street and someone says hey you suck and then you're like oh man i suck you know it's it's like you know or yeah get or or want to fight them or whatever the case is and and it's not helpful um, all of this has been really incredible. All the information is super practical. What I wanted to ask, um, is there anything that you wish that I had asked you? Is there anything that you really want to talk about um, before, we, before we end? Well, we we, we uh, touched on the tools for transformation and there are many tools for transformation. So, I mean, <laughs> we, could go, we could do another full podcast on the tools for transformation, but one in particular I would like to, to talk a little bit about, which is nutrition. Because of course the way we eat uh, interferes uh, with our life. The way we eat uh, is the way we become, definitely. Uh, so we normally are not raised, um, we are not, you know, we don't, I think we normally don't have enough information about food and about the effects of, of nutrition. And so um, the way we are normally raised is you eat a little bit of everything or um, yeah, you eat until you're full or you do, I mean, normally we pay more attention to which kind of fuel we put in our car than which kind of fuel we put in our body. And it makes no I mean, it's a nonsense um, on various levels. First level, because uh, um, what we eat can give us energy or can take energy away from us. Um, what we eat can uh, bring us happiness and bliss and, and peace or can bring us anxiety. And I'm talking, and, and, and I mean, it's no secret that I'm a, a vegan uh, activist and, and uh, a plant-based diet um, very, I mean, uh, active in, in, in vegan uh, diet um, arena. But I mean, first of all, it's because I love animals so much. I've always done since I was a little child. 
uh, because I think that they have no words to and uh, no no power to to defend themselves, no money, uh, and so in a way it's like you know um, taking advantage of a child who's defenseless, and animals are the same. Um, and yet they trust us. So it, it's really horrible what we are doing to animals. But apart from that, even, I mean, if we just look at, at, at the, the, the topic from uh, uh, just a psychological point of view, um, animals, when, when they are uh, brought to the slaughterhouse, they feel it, they know uh, that they are going to be slaughtered. They, they, they tremble, they, they pee on themselves because, they, because of the fear. Uh, they see their, their friends slaughtered in front of them. Uh, and so they um, are full of adrenaline and cortisol, which are the, the, the hormones of stress. And when we eat meat, any kind of meat, we actually energetically uh, eat those hormones and, and eat those, that kind of energy. So I think that we have enough cortisol and, and adrenaline, we have enough stress, we have enough anxiety on our own in this society without needing to, to take on anxiety from other species. So it's, I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. Uh, and on the other side, by eating veggies and fruit, possibly organic, possibly local, we fill ourselves with light because that's what is, you know, uh, full light and, and, and nutrients from Mother Earth. So which is the more compassionate, more kind, the, the, the uh, more spiritual way to eat? And, and it really makes a difference in our state of mind, in our energy. Yeah, I 100% agree with that because I've done a lot of different experimenting with food. I'm not a vegetarian now, but I was one for two years. And I, within that, I did vegan. Now I eat meat occasionally, um, not the way that I used to. Um, but I remember hearing that like the animals take on our uh, are, well, they're, they're afraid. And so there's definitely a big problem with factory farming. And when we're talking about self-improvement mindset and things like that, diet is massive. And I highly recommend people take a, a test and to see which foods work for them and which don't. Because, um, you know, I know, I know some vegan people who did it and they actually got ill, but it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that it's not the right way or the wrong way. It means it didn't work for them. But I know a lot of people who went vegan and it transformed everything, but we all have to find our balance. And that comes from nutrition. You know, um, certain people just need certain things in their diet, but it's not something that we're really looking at and analyzing. Like you could probably speak on this a little bit better, but you know, um, people, a lot of people who eat meat, they're eating like McDonald's and they're eating just crap and they're, they're not even responsible. You know, Joe Rogan talks about hunting and, and, you know, at first I was like, oh man, I don't know about hunting. But then like his point of view is like, okay, cool. Like my biggest thing is the empathy of the animal. That's my biggest one. And, um, I've actually had many in-depth conversations with, uh, my native American elder friend, David Lombear Senapas about meat. And I was like, how can you and Clifford talk about like compassion on the planet, but eat meat? And in their culture, it's a different thing. There's like a reverence and there's like, we, we need this, you know, we need this, but it's, but factory farming is not this, you know, yeah. that is not a, that's a different thing. And so if we look at what we're eating 
and, and really be conscious of it. Start to explore that and, and adding in um, my friend Adam Hart, I think it was episode six, um, he transformed his life through food, no energy, out of shape, all this different stuff. And he's like, the biggest thing that I learned was adding seeds and nuts. So everything he eats, he puts seeds and nuts in there and understand nutrition. And every time I ate something he made, I felt full of energy where before that I was just eating a huge sub from Subway because I didn't know I just wanted to be full. That's not nutrients. That's basically just filling my stuff up with crap. And yeah. in, I was in France and your bread, in Italy, I imagine the same way, the bread is real bread. We don't get that here in Canada as well. You have to really go seek it out. In the States, I'm sure you can get it, but you got to go seek it out. All that crap we're putting in our body changes the way we think. And when I've done fasts, I've, done, I've also experimented with just fruit. And I, I want to see how that felt. I wanted to see how fasting felt. I wanted to see these things. And I notice, and, and if you listen to people who have the experiences, they have clear states of mind. And yes. so my recommendation is really get clear on nutrition. You've probably eaten way too much meat. You're probably not getting nutrients where you, you need nutrients. So what would you recommend for just what you've researched in, in yeah. um, basic nutrition, tr nutritional needs? Because I've gone down the rabbit holes and, and, and it seems to me that each individual is different. I've had people, I had a, I forget his name. Oh no, I'm blanking on his name. But he was really strong about veganism. And there's about 20 comments in Facebook and in, in YouTube that said, hey, look, we tried and we believe it, but we got sick. We, I don't know if they didn't do it right. He's just like, we couldn't do it. We totally resonate with what you're saying. And then I have people like, yeah, I'm just a meat diet and I'm just a keto diet. And I'm just like, that seems like craziness to me. But, yeah. but you know, everyone's pushing a, a different agenda. And I think that it's really mindful eating, um, understanding nutrition and exploring what works for you in, in a mindful way. So I'm curious what your best yeah. tips are. I mean, I, totally, I totally agree with you. And I also reckon that lots of people who go on a vegan diet, they actually uh, don't eat that right. I mean, you can be on a vegan diet and eat, I don't know, bread with white flour, you know, uh, and I don't know, uh, I, I mean, sugar, white sugar and that's vegan but that's not that's not good nutrition so lots of pasta for example in italy we have pasta but you can't eat pasta day and i mean lunch and dinner of course it would be it's healthy if you eat just a little bit of it and you if you eat whole wheat pasta maybe or spell pasta and a little portion not you know if you have big dishes of pasta twice a day and that's vegan pasta with tomato sauce that's vegan but that's not right you know so of course the, 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 there's a lot of uh, disinformation around that so I totally agree with you um, do your research and also experiment and I mean in general we eat too much <laughs> in general that's the truth I mean unless of course you do a lot of sports and maybe you burn a lot of calories and that's a different I don't know because I, I, I mean I do yoga but I'm not I, I'm not in an age, I mean, it's not maybe an age, but I used to do more sports when I was younger. Now I, I swim, I walk, I do yoga. So it's not, you know, high burning, <laughs> definitely high burning sports. So uh, maybe you should do lots of sports, you, in, you need to eat more. But in general, as, as, as I mean, in our culture, we eat too much. So it, that means that uh, the energy that our system needs to digest 
gets taken away from our focus, from our mind, from our goals. And so that's already the first step, you know. Um, and um, yeah, and in general, of course, I mean, at, at least a, a good portion of fruits and veggies, uh, and especially normally, what I found is that it's better to, to start with fruits and veggies and then the rest because we tend to digest in layers and so things that are lighter to digest is better to eat them first also because you fill up with those and then you eat less of the rest so even you know uh, being more mindful and and just noticing your body how is your energy after eating is it stable is it going down do you have like those spikes uh sugar you know sugary things that you need you crave sugar or not um, and also with food there's another uh, very interesting process because lots of time we psycho eat so we eat for psychological reasons because we, we need to fill ourselves with emotions or we need we are bored or we need some instant gratification or thousands of other reasons we we feel lonely and then we eat uh, but in reality, we should eat when we are hungry, not psychoid, you know? <laughs> so we should, uh, so, okay, the question could be, okay, what to do then? Maybe if we just ask ourselves, okay, why am I eating? Am I really hungry or what, what am I feeling right now? Am I feeling alone, tired, or what do I need? Because maybe it's not food. Maybe it's a good massage. Maybe it's a good chat with a friend. Maybe it's something else. It's rest. Maybe it's a walk. Maybe it's a good book. Maybe it's listen to some music. And then we nourish our soul with those activities rather than nourish our body with food, with, with especially junk food. Yeah, 100%. That's a really great set of tools right there. And I think you're, you're spot on. So many people eat just many people, myself included. When I was when I was learning about diet and food and and uh, doing fasting, and I realized after you know a, like a day, as it's like most of the time I'm eating because I'm bored and I just want something tasty in my mouth, which isn't necessarily bad if you don't do it all the time. But what happens is the way that our neurology works and the chemicals released, I forget which ones they are, but we eat and then we get um, shoot somebody will know, but basically your brain really do you know dopamine that's the one so, so and we're just getting these you know quick fixes right and then so then all of a sudden it becomes a habit you're sitting there and you're not hungry you're a little bit bored and like as a man i'm like i'm gonna go eat like i don't know some ridiculous piece of spicy chicken or that's exciting or like the domino's pizza looks good and i'll eat the whole pizza and it's not serving me rather than entertaining other ideas and so if you can learn how to break those patterns that's how it starts you need a substitute so if you had like maybe a checklist of three other alternatives could i read a book could i meditate could i go for a walk could i do yoga stretching something that's not food uh swim anything you're going to start breaking those nets and those patterns and it's a really really powerful thing because it, it affects how you think it affects how you feel it affects your energy it's a massive tool and i think that especially in the USA and many parts of the world, people are really struggling with obesity, with overeating, with all that stuff. And it makes your mind sluggish. It makes your body sluggish. So it's not to be underestimated in transformation. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, and your book and your work and every single thing that you're doing. It was a really practical 
episode, I want to ask you one more time. Um, is there anything else that you want to sh- want to say or share? Make sure that you have your website and share your course. I know that you've developed an epic course. And yeah. the last question that I'll give you on top of all that is just your number one um, piece of advice tool for transformation, for just living a little bit more peace. Because life is chaotic and we're growing, but it can be stressful. So mm-hmm. if someone's looking to transform into a positive view or or just improve or enjoy this experience, what, what's... Yeah. I would say that life loves us. I would say that we are always uh, helped, supported mm. by, I like to call, to call this divine presence. You can call this, I don't know, God, uh, spirit, great spirit, mother earth, uh, Buddha, Allah, whatever, I mean, you like to, to, to call this essence, but we are always held by the divine. Uh, and, and so, uh, we can relax in the, in this, in this hug, in this, in this being held. So life loves us. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, you know, remembering this helps us not to fall into the traps of the mind, not to go into anxiety, et cetera, or fear, et cetera, et cetera, and to listen to our soul because otherwise we risk to do choices out of fear instead of choices out of love. And it's, it's a pity because when we do choices out of love, then our life totally transforms. Mm, beautiful. I love that. And so where can people find more about you and your course? And I think you have a, like a discount code we're going to link yes. up. Yes. So my website, which is uh, com, L-U-C-I-A-G-I-O-V-A-N-N-I dot com and uh, uh, there is a course there called a whole new life online course uh, it's on the top of the of the website uh, there is a button and if you click on the a whole new life online course um, you can see all the description of the course uh, and you have uh, a 100 usd discount with the promo code that you will find in the bio in my bio and so, yes, and it's a course uh, about change. It's a course that I, I uh, purposely uh, did and, and put together to help people to go through uh, change in their life, any kind of change you want to create. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, when you get me that code, I'm going to link it up in the YouTube description, in the bio. So if you're hearing this podcast, you will find that link. I invite people to check it out. Um, you've worked with a lot of people. Your book is very sound and it's very practical. Whenever I'm doing research on personal development, self-improvement, I need a tool. I need something practical. And you've provided all those with a deep level of knowledge. So thank you for your work, for what you're doing, for your book, for the courage to transform your own life and leave security and supermodel stardom to whoever that, that was to contributing and, and creating a meaningful life by your standards. So thank you so much for coming on the show and for what you're doing. Thank you, Matthew, for inviting me. And thank you for the awesome work you're doing. I appreciate it. See you guys. Thanks so much for watching. Bye.
There you have it, the absolutely phenomenal Lucia Giovannini. I hope that you enjoyed the episode, that you learned a lot. I know that I did such practical wisdom, very inspiring um, and, and very knowledgeable things that you can actually take home, that you can apply. So I hope that you enjoyed it. If you liked it, please take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram, tag me at Matt Belair, share on Facebook. You can leave a review on iTunes. That's super helpful. You can toss a buck in the bucket on Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair. Just something that you don't even think about. A dollar is totally fine. It helps immensely if a small percentage of the listeners just toss a buck in to keep this thing going because it is funded by the people currently and uh, and uh, need to figure out funds other, other places too so I can work really hard on this and uh, continue bringing these incredible guests to you. So support is appreciated. I want to thank my podcast sponsor and partner, Procabulary.com. Org. It is a masterclass in language, and I highly recommend that you take it. I do a ton of personal development courses. I don't even read what they give me here sometimes. Uh, but uh, check out episode 95 with Mark England, and this course will teach you everything that you need to know about the power of language and how to massively improve your life. So check them out, procabulary.org, and use the checkout code Word Magic to save yourself a hundred bucks. Um, but the, what you're going to learn is going to be absolutely invaluable. So check them out um do a kind act today it's the best thing you can do to support the show leave a review on itunes i think i said that if you're interested in coaching mattbelair.com forward slash coaching and i gotta run i'm getting ready to do some traveling headed out to maine for uh david lone bear Senapass's wedding it's very exciting weekend it's gonna be quite a mix of cultures um but very excited to go down and support him and jacqueline willette it's going to be a fantastic weekend so Tons of love to you. Thank you for listening to this show. I appreciate you. If you hear, if you are hearing this right now, I am sending you a big hug, my energy, my support, my well wishes, um, and thanks and gratitude. So let's close this up by coming to a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. And just let it every let it out very slowly. Filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your brain with peace, joy, contentment. And I'm sending you all of my love, compassion, energy, well wishes, support, gratitude. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you in the next episode.